please call Brody from the Strike Controller team. Sorry I'm unable to get to the phone right now. Please leave your name and number and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. If the matter is urgent, please call customer service on 94587000. Thank you. And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We're back again after hearing from our Bo Callahan division last week. We're back with another instalment where we're going to hear from the voices of the Vontae Mac division. But before we get to that, I'm joined as always by Christopher Keane. How are you, buddy? Uh, I am very well, Ben. Um, how are you going, Hod? Hod? Oh, where's Hod, Ben? The silence, it's deafening. Uh, we currently are down one podcast member right now, so was scheduled for us to be on at 10.30. We're currently what, 10.48, so 18 minutes in. We're yet to actually get any correspondence from Hod other than just finding out through the grapevine that uh, he's had a big one last night. So huh. there's every chance we might not hear from him. We might try and do a bit of a call in later and see if he picks up live on the air but uh we're not going to let that dampen our spirits because we've got too much to get through today uh so without further ado i think it's time to hear from our first guest it's been a long day without you my friend and i'll tell you all about it when i see you again we've come a long way from where we began Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again, when I see you again. Damn. That's right. And uh, while it might bring the mood down a little bit, I think it is appropriate. It was a song that farewelled Paul Walker in the Fast and Furious franchise, and I think it's only an appropriate song to farewell a stalwart of not only the NFL, but also the EDL. He was a strong member, a team captain of this team, Drew Brees, I'm talking about, and I can be referring to none other than Papa's Punishers. Welcome to the podcast, Papa. How are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty good, Benny. How you going, mate? Very good. How are you feeling after uh, losing such a stalwart in Drew Brees? Uh, well, he's had such a great career. He was, uh, he was a team leader in there, but he did let us down in that final, and uh it was a mutual uh, parting of ways. So, um, best of luck in his in his future endeavours. <laughs> I was uh, I was going to say I was looking at the uh, the grand final from last year, and we will get your thoughts on that in just a second. But um, I did notice that Drew put up just an eight against Benny Roth's twenty five, and mm-hmm. going down by just twelve that that could have been uh, part of the difference in the end. But I suppose it's uh, there's many different players contributing to a score. So whilst we're on that topic, um, commiserations, mate, uh, from last year. You put in a great debut season in the Empire Dynasty League. Um, talk us through your thoughts on on that day and um, maybe just from your opinion or from your standpoint, how uh, unlucky were you? Mate, absolutely disgustingly unlucky I was. 
my two quarterbacks, their teams put up almost 100 points. I think it was 99 points. That was uh, Tampa Bay's and uh, the New Orleans Saints. And Brady played half a game. And Breeze, they, sh- they scored seven touchdowns and he didn't throw one of them. How unlucky is that? <laughs> Fucking kidding me. <laughs> Uh, very, it was very just uh, it was it was just one of those weeks, I think. But um, yeah. I mean, you'll be pretty confident that you'll bounce back this year. Oh, when yes, I get uh, big Saquon back. Um, I think I've been able to replace during the off season, and uh, yeah, I think uh, you know getting the number three startup player next year back in the lineup is only going to make me stronger next year. Well, um, speaking of replacing Drew Brees will go into some of your activity prior to the draft taking place. Now we speak mainly of your trade with yours truly for Daniel Jones in the off season. So you brought Daniel Jones in for the one eleven in last year's draft um, and a, and basically a 2022 third, that was kind of the net result of that. Um, and the other move you made prior to the draft was bringing in the two twelve for an, an aging receiver in Marvin Jones. So sent him to Jim. Got a bit younger in that space. Um, so they were they were basically the two moves that you made. Two, well, one very significant one, um, and one that I think um, in hindsight is a pretty nice move. Ben, do you want to have a look at um, kind of what he did th- through the draft? Yeah. So then hitting the rookie draft, we got to the two hundred nine spots where you made your first pick and picked up another giant in Kadarius Tony. Um, which actually, when we look back at it, how you actually got your hands on the 209, that was the little startup draft flip that you and Scoot did, um, which I believe got you onto the tail end of that QB run. And that's how you actually got Brady. So you got Brady and Kadarius Tony as part of that trade. Not a bad result. Uh, then the 212, you took Amari Rogers. That was from the Marvin Jones trade we just spoke about. The 311 went and took Kenneth, Ga- <coughs> Kenneth Gainwell. Um, pretty good value there at the 311 and then the 401 got Josh Palmer. Yep. So um, nice little rundown there of uh, Papa's efforts in the off season and, and throughout the draft period. I, I just want to talk to you now, Papa, about kind of how you felt going into the, into the draft and kind of what your overall thinking or strategy might've been going into the draft. Now, obviously we, we all know you needed to address um, the breeze issue and the QB issue in general. Sitting at the one eleven, how were you feeling before making that trade, or, or was that was the trade always something that you were strategically looking to do rather than sit and wait at the one eleven, hoping a QB would get there? Yeah, thinking about it um, straight after the season, I thought I was looking at where the quarterbacks would probably fall, and I was pretty confident that the top four quarterbacks would go one, two, three, four um, after the NFL draft, um, and I thought it'd be a bit of a stretch to get Mac Jones at one eleven, um, but even with Mac Jones there, I knew, you know, if I'm going to be competing, he probably might sit for the first five, six, maybe the whole even year. So um, I looked to move that pick and try and get something in. And Daniel Jones was um, a target that I didn't think would cost me too much. And I can sort of get him on the on the cheap. Um, and I think I kind of did that. You know, I think I, you know, it might be a bit of a stretch, but I sort of compare him a little bit to a potential of like a Josh Allen where people, you know, he's a good runner and people were giving him not the praise, you know, because he wasn't accurate and they went out and got a wide receiver one for him and look at him now. So that's the yeah. that's the big upside for me, I think. Yeah, well, I've uh, I've kind of heard that comparison a little bit as well. Just, um, you know, third year in the system, 
it's often often when these QBs can tend to break out in their second or third year. Um, it's an interesting tipping point though for Daniel Jones because if he if he um, if he doesn't succeed, then it's going to be a, tr- a tricky situation for you. But all they've done in the off season is try and get better weapons around him. Um, so obviously at this stage, you'd have to say the Giants are, are chips in with with Daniel Jones. And um, in hindsight, it actually looks kind of ever since you've made that trade, they've just continued to add weapons around him. So could be a, a masterstroke in the end. I'll tell you what though, I am concerned a little bit with your newfound love for the New York Giants. My goodness, you've got Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony in the lineup. What is going on, Papa? Yeah, it's a bit yuck, isn't it? But oh, just... um, no, I really was hoping, I think Broads mentioned that a couple of pods ago, that I didn't want Tony to fall to me. Um, yeah, and I was hoping someone would take him, but he was just too much value just sitting there. You know, first round wide receiver sitting there at back end of the second, and I have to take him. Um, but hopefully, yeah, there's a high-powered offense. The defense is just, yeah, yeah. Not that great. So um, hopefully they put up high scoring points and uh, can um, reap the benefits of it. Yeah, the interesting. Uh, the I thought big, the defense was pretty good last year. Yeah, uh, the big the big blue quad stack. Um, it could go. It could really fall your way if the Giants are a high powered offense. Which I mean, if you look at the weapons they've got, there's a there's a realm where they are. Um, gee whiz, it, I reckon pretty high on, high ceiling there for you, mate. Get on to Maddie Mac. Start trying to get Evan Engram in early. He's yeah. a bit low right now. Just get the whole get the whole squad together. Why not? I do vomit every morning when I look at my team. So <laughs> I can't wait for the season to roll around where you have to barrack for the Giants. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. High scoring losses, Benny. High scoring losses. <laughs> oh god! All right. Well, uh, give us some thoughts on how your draft shaped out. You sort of touched on it a little bit there with. You know, obviously Tony falling to you and the value just being too hard to refuse. Um, so how the draft sort of shaped out during it, were there any trades that you were trying to put forth to move around or anyone trading or throwing offers your way as well? Yeah, um, as I said, yeah, with Tony, I think the value was just too good when he was sitting there for me. Um, and then my second pick, Amari Rogers, it was out of him and uh, the Washington receiver, Jami Brown. Um, and... I thought just if Aaron Rodgers can stick around, the upside of Rodgers there, um, I thought he was just a little bit better. So um, I've decided to go that, that way. And then when I had Gamewell sitting there, I wanted to sort of give, give myself a young running back. Um, I thought he was pretty good value. At that time, well, when the Amari Rodgers pick was up, even the Tony pick, Tim Moss was throwing out crazy trade offers again to me. Um, and then I had the other McMahon when the Gamewell pick was coming up. Um, trying to come back in and pick, I think it was to pick up game well. So, um, yeah, that was pretty, I think, best available for me when I was taking them. Um, and that was pretty much my strategy going into the draft, picking so late. Uh, I thought, just get the best talent I can in and see what happens. Um, and then obviously the 401, I was sitting at 402 and traded uh, my 402 and 411 to Jim for 401 just to come up one spot um, to get Palmer. And that's purely the combo factor. Um <laughs> I'll trade him for a future. I'll trade him for next year. I was actually going to ask: Have you? Has there been any correspondence with Camo around Josh Palmer? I'm sure there has been. Definitely. Um, so when I came up and for the 401, he was also trying to come up to take Jim's pick to pick him up as well. So he wasn't happy 
when I've jumped up and then taken him. Um, and I think I've seen three trade offers since the draft been. Um, but no, no, I'll hold on to him and wait till he picks up some value. Just let him marinate. It's um, <laughs> it's it's proven to be one of the most uh, stable investment decisions um, yeah. in this short existence of the league in terms of taking a, a Los Angeles Charger and just flipping him to come over double the price. It uh, the guy has no shame, and uh, he's he's made his intentions clear. Um, just another one, just uh, off the cuff here, Papa. Was there any thoughts? Um, for you to kind of jump up into the first round at all. I know you've got, you don't have many picks next year, but you've got a couple of 2023 firsts and you've obviously got a pretty nice team. Was there any thought of trying to get up into that top 10 uh, perhaps and add to this year's roster and give you a even better chance of winning um, or competing this year? Bearing in mind that, I mean, if you add Saquon Barkley onto this roster last year, there's a world where, Things are a bit different in the grand final. So was there any kind of thoughts around improving it from a top-end talent standpoint? Um, not really. I thought once I got Daniel Jones, um, I didn't think I had the capital to get in there. Um, and I want to sort of have some first-round picks, sort of 2023, when my team could be getting a little bit older, um, you know, to start a bit of a potential rebuild or, or, or reload again down the track. Um I looked to come up sort of late first round, but the price asking price was probably a bit high to what I wanted to give up. I wasn't prepared to give up the world um, to get up there. So I thought, just sit tight. Um, I pretty much got Saquon coming back next year. And, you know, I think a few things have fallen my way in the off-season with some other players. So um, I think my team's got plenty of upside from last year still. Does it, um, does it concern you a little bit with the talk around Saquon um, in how long it took for him to actually have the surgery in terms of how he's going to bounce back this year? Or are you confident that you'll have him for the whole season? Uh, I think he might start a little bit slow, but I'm confident he'll get back to his superstar ability. And he's, you know, I think it's crazy that the, the drop off and the, the talk about him, like CMC was a 101 last year. And there was some talk that, you know, Saquon could potentially get to that 101 and some leagues he did. Um, not saying that he's was should have been the number 101, but, um, you know, CMC missed the whole last year and he's still going 101. And you're seeing Saquon now drop to 104, 105. So, um, mm. no, I believe in the talent. Scare, uh, scarily modest at the moment, Papa. I can't believe you didn't roll with the, well, I made the final without him anyway, so who cares? Sort of oh, I made, feedback off I made the back the, of that. Well, if you want to get there, I also made the final with Colt McCoy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Didn't uh, <clears throat> didn't Mariota put up a decent score for you oh, in yeah. like the semi final? Uh, no, he he put up a score, but he was sitting on my bench and uh, so just, just coverage. Didn't even need him. Um, That's it. Mariota will be the starter by week three this year. All right. Well, you've you've made some of your four picks. You've made some pretty nice ones there. I must say. What was your favourite pick of the whole draft? Oh, definitely the Palmer. Um, the value in the start of the fourth round is just going to just, it's like a little tree. Just wait till it just, you know, put a bit of fertilizer there, you know, a bit of herbert fertilizer and watch it grow. And we'll turn into multiple first if, if, if uh, all things pan out with Tomo. And the, and the beauty is it does, you don't have to wait that long. <laughs> you can, <laughs> it might be, it might be like a 48 hour wait. And then the, the tree's fully grown. 
<laughs> and you can really cash in quickly. Oh boy. The, the uh, yeah, return on investments through the roof. Um, well, that's an interesting. What about so if he's your favorite pick, who's your who's your sleeper pick of the four? Like who do you think you took at extreme value? Oh, look, I think Tony, where I got him, what was he off the board? Wide receiver three in the actual NFL draft? Yep. Yep, um, first rounder. Um, yeah, I got him at 209. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty good value if he turns out to be what other NFL teams thought he would be. Mm. Yeah, we did We did kind of mention that um, last week, how it's funny. I think there, there um, tends to be a lot of kind of fantasy analysts on Twitter and in social media and on different podcasts that have their favorites and um, kind of a, you know, at some point you've got to listen to what actual NFL teams have done. And they've, they've taken this bloke third overall from a wide receiver point of view, uh, first round pick. And then he slides out to the, the 209 in the startup draft. So I kind of agree with you. I think it's um, extremely good value. It'd be interesting to see how they use him. Um, but uh, he's, he's a, he looks to be a pretty exciting player anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hopefully, hopefully, uh, we'll let him sit there and marinate on my taxi squad that I love so much, and uh, see what happens. <laughs> um, well, there it is. Um, speaking of, well, yeah, I guess the only other thing is that it could potentially affect the value of Sterling Shepherd. But as you said, Kenny, it's yet to be known how they're going to exactly use him, how they're going to feed all those mounds in New York. Uh, but I suppose, Papa, when you've got just about all of those mouths, it doesn't matter. You can just start the one that's being fed. And just like Timo says, give me more. <laughs> all right. Finally, just before we uh, finish up here, after the draft, you've gone and uh, just made another little trade there for Anthony Ferkser. Um, so got Anthony Ferkser in a 2023 third and gave up your 2022 second. Give us some of your thinking on that one. Yep. Um, I think Ferks is a bit of a favourite to Tannehill, even towards the back end of last year, even when Jonu was back. He kept targeting him, kept going there. And all I've heard in OTAs is that, you know, Ferks has been lighting it up. So I know they've gone out and got Julio pretty much the next morning after I traded him, but I always knew that was a possibility. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just thought bolster up, you know, 26 year old tight end that could potentially break out. And I'm giving up my well, Timos' second rounder. I picked up Timos' second rounder off Keeney during the Daniel Jones trade prior to Timos making that monster trade. And that is looking like it could be a back end where I thought it could have been a mid second rounder or early second rounder, um, potentially with the way Timos' roster was looking. So I get Jake's third round pick. And um, let's be honest, if Timos finishes at the back end of the second round, that's going to be like what I've moved back, what, four, four spots when. <laughs> Um, you know, Jake's, Jake's third round pick is top three, top two. So, um, yeah. Two whiz. How are you? Um, how are you feeling about your chances within this division after what Timos has done? I mean, on paper, it looks for me like Tim and Ben are probably the two teams to beat. Um, how are you feeling about it? Do you think you can? Do you think you can knock him off, mate? Absolutely. Look, Timos was strong last year as well, and. His starting team is really strong this year, but it's fantasy. Things can change. As I said, I walked into that final round of last year with Colt McCoy and no other quarterback, and I needed to get points, and, you know, it fell my way. So things can happen. Tim's depth is not that great, um, and I think that's something that my team 
has a bit of, you know, a bit going its way. It does have some depth in there that I can throw some piece around, especially at wide receiver. Um, and yeah, cover myself. So, um, anything can happen, I'll tell you. Um, I showed that last year, I think. You sure did. Well, look, mate, you've been very cordial, I must say. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's been very level-headed responses. This Diplomatic. is your We're going to finish up here. Um, this is your floor, though. You've you've copped pot shot after pot shot from just about every league member. This is your floor to just take free reign and uh, and just basically have an attack on anyone that you feel free to do so. So here you go. Perfect. Clear the floor for me. <clears throat> now, Mr. Irrelevant Scooter Sheen, what an absolute flog that guy. I heard him last week bloody talking absolute crap. Mate, I knocked you out last year. No one cares what you got to think. Glad you don't listen to the podcast. Um, but tune in for this one because your team's shit. I've fleeced you last year in the trade period and knocked you out of the finals. So um, get stuff. <laughs> Move on to uh, Matty Mack. Seriously, mate. How does this guy not get more flat? He's given up the world for James Robertson last year and then gone and drafted his back up in the first round. Not to mention, he's picked me overall in the draft last year at number one in his division. Suck on those ones, mate. I made the final. Where are you? So, go get stuff, Matty Mack, too. And to all the doubters out there, I'm I'm going back to the top this year. See you in September. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Amazing. I can't believe you didn't throw any shade Hod's way, considering you didn't even want to come on today to chat yeah. to you. It's a bit disrespectful. Oh, He's weak as piss. <laughs> a couple of Bacardi bruises and he's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, you know, we all know Hod. Piss is with piss is sitting down, so um that sort of sums him up, doesn't it? <laughs> oh mate. Well, uh it's been so good having you on that uh with the absence of a third podcast member here today, I think we may as well keep you on so you can keep roasting the rest of your division. Are you happy to do so? Absolutely. And uh, yes. just before I go, because I won't uh, take too much heat off the other boys, but um, I heard some crap last week in the podcast about your division, Benny, being the number one division. Go back and have a look at it, mate. Our division is so far number one, it's not even close. <laughs> really? Based on, uh, give us some evidence for that. Well, look at us last year. We had me, Tim, and Matt. We'll... And then look at your division, mate. Who you had two guys miss the finals. We had all three make it. Sorry, I'm not in the division. Nah, all three. You're, just, you're building. <laughs> yes, yeah, so all three. But, but divisions are only as strong as your weakest link. And when your weakest link got the number one pick, um, that's not that strong, I would have thought. Yeah, that's fine. Team Dog is just doing his thing. We're, we're holding him up. Our shoulders are very uh, large. <laughs> I don't, could, uh, could very well flip as well in that division, the way that his team's panning out with all of those bloody picks. But uh, let's not turn this into the Keen podcast. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks, mate, for uh, giving some insight about your team. We'll, we'll keep you around to give some insight and, and ask some questions to the others. So uh, look forward to hearing just how you uh, adapt now to being a host of the podcast rather than a guest. I'll straighten up, boys. <laughs> no, no need, mate. Just run loose. Done. Hello, is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile.
That can only mean one thing. Hello, Timos. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> Morning, boys. <laughs> Holy dooly. This is, unfortunately for all the listeners out there, this is just an audio podcast. But if you could only see the uh, live feeds that we are seeing for <laughs> Timos right now. Oh, he you looks see to be in a world of pain. Uh, talk us through how you're going, mate. Oh, I've got no idea, boys. Didn't realize you could see me. I don't know how I got home, but I woke up just wearing socks and I was scared. <laughs> yeah, Timos, do you have any idea where our co-host is in the great Brody Horrock? We're a bit concerned. What's going on with you two? I, it's, it's a scary day when you wake up and Matt's like, the boys are waiting for you. I'm like, oh no, Matt's, Matt's on time and I'm not. Yep, well, it's very, very scary. There's a there's a lot going on this morning. There's the the McMahon role reversal of Matt, who was up and about from about eight o'clock in the morning. Um, one of our hosts is nowhere to be seen. We've tried calling him; his phone's off, uh, straight to voicemail. And then Timos, who's normally pretty reliable, except for when it comes to to draft picks. Um, yeah, you've you've gone into hiding and only just emerged now. So. We're actually all getting live scenes from Tim's brain waking up. Um, so this yeah, could be a fantastic. There's not a lot going on in my brain, <laughs> which is scary because, oh. yes, I'm normally all and I don't know what's happening at the moment. I spoke to Brody about three minutes ago and he he pretty much told the boys to get fucked. He's not doing a pod. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> News to us. He's, he's, lost, he's lost his wallet and he's not happy. Oh, <laughs> oh and, and we all know when he's not happy, he's not happy. Oh god, <laughs> he's lost his wallet and the moths that are inside that thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you might be a bit confused as well, Timos. We've actually got Paparon as our uh, emergency co-host. He's stepped in to the role of Hodick today, so that's why you are hearing Papa's voice on the airs. Um, wow, and I thought I was struggling. You boys are struggling. Uh, to, to, just to clear that up, it was a, actually a unanimous conclusion to get him on as the uh, third co-host. Oh, <laughs> uh, fair enough then. I'm all aboard. All right. Well, we're going to try the impossible right now and get you to cast your mind back to last year, um, which means you're going to have to access <sighs> memories. Uh, so let's see how you go with that one. Look, last year, valiant season, um, you fell agonizingly short. I think we just looked back before and you missed out on making the final by about 1.6 points against Jake and then absolutely shitted in in that final week with, um, what's his name, Kamara scoring 54 points or something like that. I think you well and truly would have won if you had made it. So give us your thoughts on on the wash-up of last year. Well, obviously, I, I thought I put together a, a fairly good squad. Um, I had a couple of people who didn't pull their weight. And then Jake, yeah, Jake towed me up with the McKissicks of the world. Um, I think I had Metcalf and a, a couple of my other really good players score about three. And then, yeah, obviously, he, he touched me up with a couple of hacks. 
but yeah, that's obviously what fantasy is. But Timos, uh, is there any truth to you being known around the EDL circles as Greg Norman? With what a message, Greg Norman. Who's Greg Norman? The golfer. <laughs> yeah, the big schlonger. Is that what we're talking? <laughs> no, not because you're great. Not because of your schlong. Because Just a great rig, then? Is that what we're talking? He chokes. Well-known choker. Oh, I thought we were talking rig-wise. No, no, um, no, no. Talking about your absolute meltdown at the end of last year. Yeah, well, obviously, there's no. It's, it's fantasy football, so there's. Oh, I thought there's no, no meltdowns. It's it's all a fantasy. Like it's not my fault. But... I tell you what, he I, may be he, he may be struggling, Timos, this morning, but he's still capable of taking some of my my, my lines there. I was going to mention the fact that he does like a long walk on the beach and having his big one wood hanging out of his shorts. But all right, I'm not. Timos I already went there. I don't fancy myself as a golfer, but uh, I'll get the one wood out every now and then. <laughs> Definitely in fantasy land there. Oh, oh, me. Probably we got, oh, we'll have. Let's, uh, um, let's straighten up. Boy. Someone straighten me up. Yeah, let's let's straighten let's straighten this up a fraction. You just rest easy, Timos. We're, we're going to take you through um, some of the moves you made before the draft and during the draft. Now, obviously. Um, well, look, firstly, prior to the draft, a big big surprise here. No trades done from Timos before the draft started. But gee whiz, once the draft got going, wasn't there an absolute blockbuster? And of course, I speak of Timos trading Van Jefferson and the 304 for the 301, which netted him Diamond Brown. But seriously, the, the actual blockbuster trade that we all know was bringing CMC and Julio Jones into his roster, parting ways with Stefan Diggs, Raheem Mostert, the 110, a 2022 second and a 2023 first. So just an absolute monster trade, which we'll touch on in a sec after. The stand-in host, Papa, just runs through who he ended up selecting with those four picks he had. So uh, Timos didn't pick his first pick until the 301 when he made that trade and he picked up Washington wide receiver, the Army Brown. At 306, he picked up JV on Hawkins. At 406, he went doot doot at well. And at 410, he went Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> Very nice. I like you're even bringing your own sound effects in this one, Papa. I love it. Um, so, Timos, a lot going on there. Just uh, give us your thoughts of the lead up to the draft, you know, your overall thinking where you're always looking to potentially shift that 110. Is that something that on the spot you thought of when Hod came to you? Just give us your overall thinking, your strategy that happened during and in the lead up to the draft. Yeah. Well, once again, uh, on the, what do we have our draft on the Friday night? So yep. we did about uh, eight picks on the Friday night and then, I obviously had the 110 and I went to work and wasn't on my, didn't have access to a phone for about eight hours, 10 hours or whatever it was. And then when I, when I finished, I figured I'd be on the clock. And then I, I got this message from Hod with McCaffrey and the big eyes. And I thought, oh, fuck. <laughs> didn't actually think Brody would trade McCaffrey ever. But, um, 
yeah, because he, he, he hadn't mentioned it to me all year, but he just literally sent me a message with McCaffrey in the eyes. He oh, loves oh. the eyes emojis, that bloke. He yeah. loves them. And I thought, hold on a second. And then I, I put together what I, because I'm a great trader and everyone knows a uh, good value, I, I put together a, a very nice trade for him. Um, he came back with a counter offer. And I believe I was actually at a all-you-can-drink um, festival or whatever we were at. And, yeah, I I had about under an hour to go and I thought, fuck, um, I, I, I would never trade digs or anything. So I didn't really contemplate it to start. And then I thought, hold on a second, you can get the best player in fantasy football. Um, I'm pretty impatient with the way I play fantasy and I thought, oh, let's let's just do the deal. So yeah, I just I just got it done. Is there uh, didn't... is there any truth to the way that Hod tells the story that you were as white as which uh, which from what I can see is how you look right now actually. <laughs> I'm still not aware that you can see me, which is frightening because I'm still just wearing socks, but um <laughs> In regards to the question, yes, I heard the pod last week and Brody, oh, Brody accused me of being very sweaty and very pale. I'll uh, I'll admit to the sweatiness. I was very sweaty, but I was at a function with Michael Papagiris, who is the whitest Greek in the world. So <laughs> I wouldn't say that I was pale, but I'll admit to being very, very sweaty. Because, yeah, it was. I thought it was a big trade and, yeah. Normally, I wouldn't do it, but yeah, because of my impatience with fantasy football, I sort of just, yeah, just did it. Hale just follows you around, Timos. Pardon? Hale just follows you around. Pale in the, pale in the food truck. No, please. <laughs> I'll just uh, keep giving insight to the listeners out there right now. Tim doesn't realise how we're able to see. It's because we're on a Zoom call and you've got your camera on. I'll give you the, the oh. clue there. But the other one is that as we're listening to Tim Os, it's almost like we're getting a live view of his world because the whole camera is spinning. The room is moving. I feel like I've had a bender last night just watching Tim Os's camera this morning. So if uh, if I pause yeah, to well, drive, I've, I've tried mean. to turn the camera off three times, but it, apparently you can still see me, so... Yeah, the world is spinning from my eyes. <laughs> uh, all right, Keeney, keep it going. Well, look, I was going to ask you now about kind of how you summed up your draft in the end and how happy you were or if you had other plans to move your picks around during the night. But um, I'm not sure what kind of response we're going to get, but uh, we'll risk it anyway. Was there any extra movement involved throughout the draft, Timos? Yeah, definitely. I think... All day, I was trying to get into round two. So I, in round two, I wanted to select two players, one of them being De'Ami Brown. Um, I'm, I was very high on him, but all day, I was trying to pretty much target people who had two, two picks in round two. And I think I offered about 45 different trades, but obviously <laughs> no one gave me anything. Um but I was still pretty happy to come away with Yami Brown. But obviously, yeah, there was another player on the board that I was trying to come away with. I just couldn't execute a trade. So 
Who was it? Um, who was that? Pl- who was the player, please? I'd rather not say because I, I still might target him during okay. the year. Kellen Mond, then. Um, now, <laughs> speaking of I, your roster, yeah, I, I've had a I've had a fair go at trying to get big Mondy, oh, but we've heard it's <laughs> a bit of a flag, so, so you and the other Viking supporter have both had a go at him. So look, Timos, obviously your um your roster would sit pretty comfortably with you at the minute. Um, one of the one of the favourites, no doubt. Where do you think the biggest weakness in your roster is at the moment? Oh, well, I thought I had a weakness until obviously I attacked the waiver wire last night and got myself a second stack of the Lazard Love combination. Love um, yeah, oh, it's it's a good stack. I'm all about it. It's probably my favourite stack, to be honest. Oh, that, Is, that's uh, a big that's a big call there, Tim Austin. You talked up the KFC Zinger stacker for, for so many years. Um, I'm surprised you've gone away from that. Well, as long as you're still giving good business, mud guts, that's that's all that the KFC. Jesus, uh, I just want to confirm something quickly. You said you're wearing a sock. Um, can you please confirm that they're on your feet? Uh, yeah, I'm wearing two socks, but yes, they're on my feet. My, my Greg Norman long is just out and about. <laughs> That'll be hard to see. Get the magnifying glass. Three on. <laughs> well, he's I've tripped over it three times. That's why I'm fucking on the couch now. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, keep things moving. Um, Tim Ross, what was your favourite pick in the draft? Oh yeah, well, definitely Diami Brown. Um, I I thought he'd go early in round two. Um, hence the reason I I tried to trade up all day. But so yeah, to get him at the three oh one, I think I got him out. Oh yeah, I was pretty pleased with that. I think he can be. Uh, I actually think he will be similar to Scary Terry. So yeah, Whoa. I've got high for him. That is a hot take if I've ever heard one. <laughs> that is. That is piping hot, real target um, sort of operation. Well, if that's your favourite pick, Timos, give us your uh, your sleeper pick of the draft here. Um, sleeper pick will probably be, oh, what's I can't remember his name. That's how sleepy he is. Um, Tutu, Atlanta. Oh, I like Tutu. Uh, Javian uh, Hawkins. Hawkins, there we go. King yeah. Dog. Um, yeah, he's. Oh, I think he will. Um, go to the Atlanta Falcons in a sort of scat back scenario. I think he's a really good running back. He's just obviously really undersized. And, yeah, hopefully um, Quads Davis goes down with an injury. And, yeah, hopefully he can see a lot of time in their backfield. Injuries. Oh, well, I don't oh, – Mark Davis is an attractive fucking running back for an organisation, I wouldn't have thought. So, hopefully, yeah. Hawkins can overtake him. Uh, there's definitely a world where that could absolutely happen. And at the 306, that would be very nice value there. Um, all right. Well, after the draft, mate, there's there hasn't been a lot of movement from your team here other than picking up the likes of a Lazard off the waivers. You got any other, any other moves up your sleeve or any sort of thinking uh, post-draft now how your team might shape up or are you ready to just hit the season now with what you've got? Yeah, well, oh, the way I treat fantasy 
football is like don't look at it for a month and then like, get involved for a month off of like 10 trades. So I'm currently in the don't look at it for a month. I think my team's obviously not too bad. And yeah, when the season starts, I'll uh, get more involved in it, I guess. But yeah, I think I'll, I'll be somewhat competitive. So yeah, there's, there's not too much to do. Very nice. Well, this is it. This is your opportunity, mate. You're uh, you're seedy as fuck. <laughs> you're wearing two socks. You're on the couch. You've just woken up. Just give us any uh, last sort of digs at any other people in the league. This is your open floor. Go for it. Yeah, well, I obviously haven't done a lot of preparation, which uh, I probably wouldn't have done anyway. Shocks but me. If I'm going to have a dig at someone, it'd be the big-headed Brody Hottie. Where the fuck is he? Like I've obviously fronted up, not in my best form, but at least I, I fronted up. I don't know what he's doing. So yeah, that's that's, that's poor form by the by the big headed monster. <laughs> are you still talking about hard, or are you talking about your rig on the couch? <laughs> your sock. No, it's a half hard, <laughs> half Greg Norman. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if if nothing else, we've basically um, we've found Tim Oss's slogan for his dynasty team: the straight cash homies. One month off, one month on. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, mate, thanks for coming on the pod, especially in this state. It's uh, it's been very enjoyable. I'm quite dizzy after watching your video feed there. So uh, rest up, mate, and enjoy the rest of your day feeling miserable. Yeah, appreciate it, boys. Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, three yeah, away. Try to get a hold of Hottie, please, because, yeah, that's poor form. Good fella. <laughs> All right, see you, mate. See you, mate. Lemon heads, my dad's boat. You won't go down cause my dick can float. We sail around the world and go port to port. Every time I come, I produce a quart. That is offensive. Cannon <laughs> Dale. Oh, and that can only mean <laughs> with a song like that. I forgot how good the lyrics were. Uh, we are joined none other than the GM of Prestige Worldwide. Welcome to the pod, Matt. How you doing? What's up, dogs? I'm good. How you doing? Now, Matthew, do you have two socks on? <laughs> uh, no socks on. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Do, do you have any other clothing on right now? Got uh, my jumper and some trackies and a beanie. Okay. And You're doing and much better than the current state of your counterpart, McMahon, right now then. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> You'll have to listen back and hear the whole thing in full. Um, Looking forward to it. So of the three uh, people that we've tried to have on a podcast on a Sunday morning, you're doing remarkably much better than the other two right now. Talk us through your secrets. <laughs> I think my secrets were heading home earlier than the others, but uh, I've got all sorts of hangover remedies this morning. So I got up, did my standard 7 k had a can of Coke, had some snakes, what? Uh, what? had a shower, got a smoothie. I'm currently drinking a smoothie that the lovely got me. 
And uh, I'm feeling pretty shit ass, to be honest. What order does that go in? <laughs> like when when is the Coke being consumed? Is that pre or post 7K Just clarify, stroll? Coca-Cola, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah cool. No, cool. Is that a zizzle or is it a diet or is it just a full strength? Uh, it was a zizzle, but it yeah. obviously didn't have the sugar. Probably, uh, yeah, I would have been better off going with the full sugar content. Um, so was I got it, up. Sorry, guys. Was it during the walk or after? Or No, nah, I took it with me. I needed to uh, get some fresh air, chuck the pot in, took the dog out. Um, yeah, I just had the can of Coke and some snacks. It was good. Any any bananas? I did have a banana. I just had I just had a shower and a banana. Just walk us through the snakes. Are they the uh, all natural company? No artificial. Yeah, natural confectionery company. Yeah. Okay. Chop them. <laughs> Jesus, that's a deep dive <laughs> reference. <laughs> all right, let's. There you uh, go. Ladies and gents, that's the uh, that's the secret. So but we yeah. might uh, forward that on to Timos and Hod in the we'll future. Definitely, we'll definitely pass all of those tips on to Hod for next week. Um, we might even message him that on the Saturday night just to give him a heads up because who knows what state he'll be in next Sunday. Um, <laughs> What's the slogan? Just chomp on a banana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really disappointed that we don't have Hod on the pod, obviously, but um, I am looking forward to uh, fielding questions from none other than Papa's Punishes. And that you will. But before we get to it, let's give us uh, just your thoughts on the wrap-up of last season, the way that things panned out. You were um, you're pretty optimistic going in to the playoffs, it's fair to say. Um, your team was shaping pretty nicely. You finished the season strong. And then uh, what happened, mate? Uh, yeah, the playoffs. Um as it turns out, I probably could have progressed a bit further if I uh, had started Miles Sanders. So uh, he went into bad books, which is uh, a trend down at Prestige Worldwide. But no, all in all, um, yeah, I, I thought I had a chance to win, got knocked out in the first round and then um, kind of cracked the shits for a little bit and just stayed away from fantasy. And then the off-season started when Camo kept reaching out to me. It sure did. And it sounds like you've um, almost employed your brother's tactic of having one month off when things aren't going that well but um we'll run through some of your moves prior to the draft taking place and i suppose the biggest one was probably the fact that you traded out austin eckler to camo um for the 108 so and without uh Skipping too far ahead, we'll just touch on the fact that you you basically brought in a, a running back. So you've you've traded out Eckler, brought a running back in. Um, obviously, Eckler's 26, the running back you drafted's early 20s. Um, you also gained a 2023 first as well um, in that deal. You lost a 2023 second, so a bit of an upgrade there. And the other trade you did was getting another 2023 first. So three in total now, I think, in that in that draft, which is, looks right now to be a nice draft. Um, the 2023 first for Robert Tonyan. Now, can we discuss that one here, Matthew? So who initiated it? How did it go down? And um, how fast did you click accept? <laughs> um, I initiated the Tonyan trade. It was, I think, looking at my tight end room at the time I had Waller, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, had Troutman on my taxi squad. So kind of thought to myself I could get rid of 
either one of Tonyan or Ingram. Uh, I think with future picks as well, um, you know, the further away they are, I think the cheaper that they've proven to be to acquire. So reached out to Jim because I thought maybe Jim and maybe Manny at the time are really the only two that may have been willing to move for a tight end. I think everyone else is kind of pretty happy with what they've got. Um, so a bit of back and forth with Jim and then, yeah, one day I was at the gym actually and Jim reached out to me and goes, oh, I've slept on it, sent it through. So uh, I sent it through and he accepted it. Is there, uh, is there <laughs> any sleep on it? Is there any truth to uh, this? Is how I imagine the conversation went down. It would have been something along the lines of, "Hey, Jim, Tonyan is tight end number three on the season. He's from Green Bay. You've got Aaron Rodgers. There's the stack. What do you think? Was it something in that vein?" Uh, I did use that. That was in my arsenal, uh, but it was more. You know, having a look at his tight end room, I think he had Rudolph, Jared Cook, uh, Gronk. Uh, and I said, you know, tight ends take a while to develop. So I think I'm your man, given my tight end room. Uh, I think he counted for Walla. And I was like, um, no. So I uh, went back down the tiny path. Uh, I think the way to sum that trade is it may look favourable for myself. Uh, but, you know, Jim was at the time had Henry, Josh Jacobs, Keenan Allen um, and pretty solid quarterbacks. So I thought he was in the win now. He thought he was in the win now. Um, so if he made the playoffs in twenty in two years' time, then that pick might have been 9, 10, 11, and 12, and he probably would have won the trade. So I think we were able to kind of align with that thinking and get the deal done. So when he counted with um, with Waller, did he say something along the lines of, well, he's only tight end two on the season and Tonyan's tight end three. That's, that's not a big difference in rankings. <laughs> did he say something uh, like that? No, he didn't. I just counted and then uh, it kept pushing down the Tonyan path. Fair enough. More I think it was something and it about, makes uh, sense too because, like, you know, he catches lots of touchdowns, plays for Green Bay, had the Tonyan Rogers stack. And um, mm. yeah, he's trying to win. At the time, he was he, trying to win and he still probably is. He did have that stack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. More importantly, how, how long after that trade um, did you not have to use a bluey? You would have been hard as a rock for at least two to three weeks. <laughs> no, it's, I, um, oh boy. I had Camo and Eckler So I think getting that future pick for Tonyan made the, you know, the idea of moving Eckler for, for a pick in this draft and in the future as well more palatable. So pressed go on both of those within a couple of minutes apart. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of pretty happy with how it panned out. I'll just you know, clarify that with Mike Cummins, not Cummo as in your own Cummo. Um, <laughs> but I guess the big the big talking point was um, when you traded up to 105 mid-draft. Um, and, you know, it was probably the second biggest trade, let's be honest, of, the, of, of that um, first round. And it was a pretty big one. You, um, you got the 105 and Cortland Sutton. And you gave up Miles Sanders, Mark Andrews, and Tariq Cohen to the big man. Um, more importantly, just before you answer anything, did you pull a gym? I've heard a very solid rumour that you traded up to 105, you sat on it, and you were trying to trade the pick out again. Any truth to this rumour? That is an absolute lie. There is no truth to that rumour whatsoever, other than the fact that I did sit on it for a bit. There was no intention of moving it. I didn't speak to anyone about moving it. 
Uh, but I did sit on it for a little bit because it didn't really pan out the way I thought it would. What about so I was kind of a bit overwhelmed with who was still left on the board. So I just didn't want to panic pick. I just wanted to take my time and, and make sure I was sticking to trust the process to borrow a turn. What, which part snuck <laughs> up on you? Was it the fact that you traded while the pick was live and you knew exactly which players were available? Yeah, so I'd played out trading for pick five a thousand times in my head and I think pretty much didn't anticipate Chase and Pitts both being there. Um, I had my rankings going in, but sort of I was just making sure I wasn't um, jumping the gun. When you're actually on the clock, you just want to make sure that you, you know, maybe leave the window open if anyone does want to come and talk to me about it, but no one did. Um, and yeah, to keep the draft moving because it did stagger for a while thanks to the DFF in particular, uh, did want to kind of keep the draft moving. So, no, I was happy to pick. It's well, kind of got, I, really. there was a little omission there of, I just did hold on to see if there was any feeling from the room whether that anyone was interested. So I think the rumour is, I think there's some sort of truth some to that rumour there. He's, he's sort of touched on it there, but I, I yeah, it's a, it's a staggering um, quote from you, Thais, just saying it didn't plan out. The, the way I expected. You traded up to pick five, mate. You didn't have to do that. I'm well aware, and I would have done the trade again. I'm just saying that I didn't anticipate multiple players being on the board at five. That's all. And it was just that once the trade had gone through, just making sure that I was trusting the process and picking who I wanted. So can I, just off the back of that, can I ask, um, so your expectation was that Either what was your expectation that that Chase was gone or that Pitts was gone? Uh, my expectation was that only one player of my top five would have been there in terms okay. of two. Yep. So I assume the two were Pitts and Chase. Yep. So does that does that then say that if there was one of the four QBs there with a receiver or a tight end, you would have taken the the skill position player? Yeah, so I think going into the draft, I probably had in my head, I was always looking at that pick five. I thought I was the one to make the move. Uh, I think I had the most to offer Manny for what he was looking for. Um, so I had Chase, Pitts and three quarterbacks. Um, and then, yeah, so when I got on the clock, had two guys there, took Chase. Nice. You can oh, probably sent him a bit hungover, boys. So. <laughs> no, nah, all good. We'll we'll run through what you did in the rookie draft. So you went and got Jamar Chase, as we said, at the 105 there. You had the 108 pick, uh, which you had to sleep on, get your, your thoughts on that one too. That turned out to be Travis Etienne. And then uh, a long time between drinks here because the 407 was when you picked up your third player and you just got well-known Keeney Nwangu. I don't even know how you say that name. Um, is it Keeney or Keen? Kenny. Oh, Kenny. I think it's Kenny. Kenny. Kenny you'd, have to, you'd have to ask the Vikings fans in the league. I want to call him Keanu. All right, let's do it. Let's Love go with Keanu. that. Now, um, moving right along, a couple of um, questions I've got just into the lead up to the draft for your good self um, and just looking at kind of the overall thinking and strategy behind it. I kind of looked at your team at the end of the year and thinking it was kind of right up there competing at the pointy end. Um, so I just found it interesting that you traded Eckler and traded Tonyan um, to grab some extra picks. Now, um, 
you know, was did you did was that always part of the plan? Getting rid of Eckler, getting into that pick eight. Was there always someone at pick eight that you thought, yep, he's going to be better than Eckler right away, or I'm willing to drop in production a little bit in 2021 to shore up a bit more future, or what was kind of the thinking behind that? Yeah, so went into the off season probably heavy with running back capital, um, and yeah, looking at the ages, Eckler was the, the oldest in the room. Um, I'm definitely a fan of moving off of running backs as they approach that age cliff. I think Eckler probably got a bit of longevity given his pass catching skills. But um, no, obviously Camo being the Chargers fan in, in the league was pretty keen on moving for Eckler. And I think, yeah, it was in the back of my mind that if I can get pick eight, I'll probably get one of the running backs there, maybe get some future draft capital. And in a couple of years time, that will probably look favourable. So no doubt that obviously losing Eckler this year is um, probably going to hurt on the field. But, you know, within two years' time and I'm on the clock in 2023, ETN will be 24 and I've got that pick and I think, it will, yeah, it, I'll look back and, and be glad I did it. So, Is that a mini rebuild? Is that a mini rebuild? I don't necessarily think it's rebuild. Um, I, I just don't like sunk cost in, in my team. And um, I think the probably the biggest talking point from your draft was also um, probably the two players you took um, in Jamar Chase and Travis Etienne, which for mine, no issue in terms of um, talent. But obviously with you owning Higgins and Robinson also, um, was there any thought that kind of played into that or are you just always best player available kind of approach when you draft? Yeah, I'm always a best player available. Um, so I kind of knew, like, the, the rationale behind moving up for five is because I uh, did love Jamar Chase and his profile and, and how I think it will translate. But I also knew that I'd be able to get a running back at that pick eight, which made the ability to move on from Sanders uh, easy enough to do. And then in terms of ETN, I don't think this running back class is as strong as last year's one, as an example, but um, of the three of them, I was the highest on ETN. I think this year he, he won't score the most, but I think um, based on kind of his production and uh, he's definitely an analytics guy um, versus the other guys that are probably more film-based. So I think over time that should put me in good stead. So that was kind of uh, my thinking on the day. No, very good answer. Players, um, just some thoughts behind your draft. Um, obviously, we've touched on a, a fair bit with the trade, but um, any trades that were put forth to you and how it sort of shaped out, shaped up for you? Yeah, no, I didn't really have anyone reach out. I think the week of the draft, I probably had about four people reach out about T Higgins um, with different offers. Uh, Camo probably had the best offer, but probably wasn't willing to move on from him. I, I don't think he's impacted too much by Chase coming in. Um, and I think yourself, mate, probably had the worst offer of the lot coming at me with pick 210 or whatever it was. <laughs> the Outside of that, uh, no, the, the phones are pretty quiet. Um, I was talking to Jim about pick four, just in the event that I couldn't get pick five over the line with Manny. Because, um, yeah, he was kind of playing his cards very close to his chest, but Jim and I couldn't meet on um, kind of agreed value. So outside of that, no, I wasn't really looking to get in after pick eight. Um, and no one was really inquiring about anything on my team, which is fair enough. Well, do you want to just um, just expand a little bit on that pick five trade and how it went down, how long you 
were in contact with Manny about it. Um, the back and forth, were you, were you worried it wasn't going to go through? Was it, were you always a lock to get in there? What, what happened? Yeah, so I'd been reaching out to him during the week um, and he indicated he was pretty keen, um, but he wasn't looking to move until the day, of which I was fine with in theory, but obviously it would have been great if we could have got it done during the week. Um, and then, yeah, like on the night, you know, as players started coming off the board, man, he was, um, you know, obviously keeping his options open on the board at pick five. So it was hard to get a read of what he was doing. Like I was more worried about him making a pick than I was about him trading the pick to someone else. So basically um, as players started coming off the board, I wasn't really clear on what he was waiting for. And it turns out listening to the pod last week, he, he wasn't waiting for anything. So um, yeah, he was just increasing the, the, the value of that pick and seeing if any other offers came through, which is fair enough. I do find Manny's honesty very interesting in terms of how it will affect drafts coming up. I know he says we're competing with each other in trading for his first round picks, but I don't know. The, the mindset of people trading with him as the draft approaches surely has changed knowing that everyone knows full well, he doesn't want to make a pick. So yeah, yeah interesting. At, at some point, is there going to be a game of chicken going on going, well, if you don't want to make the pick, this is the yeah. final offer away you go. Time will tell in that case. But as he said, I think if enough people are keen, someone will get uh, cold feet and uh, pull the trigger. But all right, Thais, going back to your team, your favorite pick of the three, what was it? Uh, definitely Jamar Chase. Uh, I think the, the appeal in taking Chase was um, I had Lamb and Higgins and I don't have any draft capital next year. So getting him and Sutton in strengthens my wide receiver room. But I, I think Chase within a couple of years' time could be the number one receiver in Dynasty. Um, so I'm very excited to have him on board. No worries, Thais. And uh, your, your sleeper pick of the draft, who do you think is the biggest sleeper? Uh, the guy I got, uh, Jacob Harris, the undrafted. Uh, so once yep. the draft finished, we all bid on the players. Um, and I kind of prioritised getting Jacob Harris in. Uh, he's a bit of a size speed freak. Um, I think he's got pretty good reviews at Rams camp at the moment. So keep him on the, the uh, taxi squad maybe for a year or two. And hopefully he comes in and, yeah, maybe can take advantage of that tight end premium setting. So now, Thais, now, Thais, yes. you are aware that he has dual position availability. I just want you to be aware in case you play him in the wide receiver position, maybe call me on that if you're going to do it that week, but your love child, your sleeper pick has tight end dual availability. I find it amazing. So just be careful, all right? <laughs> Once bitten, twice shy. Agreed. <laughs> I can tell you, and that's nice. I agree. I, he's had some nice uh, bit of buzz, hasn't he? Since um, since he's arrived in Los Angeles, and it certainly could be a nice little waiver wire addition for sure. Let's um, quickly wrap up this with a couple of questions for you, Thais, that you may be prepared for. But we just want to know who you th- who you thought won the draft on the day. Who won the draft on the day? Well, I think. Pretty much everyone. So if you go from the top, you know, Dan got Trevor Lawrence, Steph got a couple of QBs, you and I got our guys, Keeney, um, you know, some guys in the second round that had nice picks with Scoot. 
Camo got Rashad Bateman. Steph took a couple of guys late. Brody got his QB. Tim got Christian McCaffrey. So it's pretty, I think, pretty much everyone won the draft. That was not the ex- answer I was expecting. I'm fascinated. Is there a but? Oh, oh, I'm guessing you're going to ask me who I think lost the draft. Well, I was, yeah, well, so I will. Go. Why don't you answer that? Oh, I wasn't anticipating he'd be a host on the pod today. But, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> so, yes. uh, I was going to say, in terms of who lost the draft, he's more of just the loser in general. The Pappas punishes. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh. Comes the guy who didn't even fucking make the final last year. You just settle down, <laughs> down there, young fella. Well, did, uh, can we get some specifics? Yeah, context. Yeah. Specifics on the draft plays that you didn't enjoy? No, I think I think this podcast scared him off taking the heir apparent to Tom Brady. So I just found it staggering mm. that uh, he moved through that late round two and didn't pick up his eventual replacement. Without wanting to talk about myself too much on this podcast, I was never taking him. I was never taking Trask. Um, I told Benny that as well when he thought I was going to take him. I have had trade offers um, thrown at me with him in it, and no, I'm not interested. So um, you got a bad, bad read on the situation there, I think. Interesting. Is, can, you, can you elaborate a little bit more, Papa, why you are so adamant not to to get him as a... Are, are you sort of the kind of guy that would never get sort of extended warranties on products when you buy them? You'd never <laughs> take out insurance. Are you that sort of individual that you just run the risk? I just don't think... He's not, like, he's not a first-round draft pick. You know, he's not a first-round quarterback. They've taken him as a potential, but... Um, who knows how long Tom Brady's going to play for and what happens in two, three years. I don't, I don't think he's a guaranteed to successor to Brady. And um, even at that, I, yeah, I just don't think he'd be, I don't, I don't have much uh, thought of him, to be honest. It's fair enough. I mean, you're only the type of person that constantly quotes where Dak was drafted in, uh, in the NFL draft. Wasn't a first round pick, but that's okay. I, I would have thought that you would have been a truther in someone who doesn't go in the first round. No, no, and it's not that. I just don't know when he's going to get a game. Um, I think in the next two years, there's going to be quarterbacks that come off in the draft that I'll have a chance at getting um, that will either be ready to play or have a clearer, clearer path to the top. Well, how did um, how did Dak get a game? Was it because his old quarterback got injured? He didn't. Uh, what a draft that was for the old uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um, oh, deflect away, buddy. <laughs> absolute superstar. How many picks did they give up for Wentz? That, mm, Steph will be able to tell you that next week, I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll ask him for sure. That will definitely come up. Well, Thais, uh, we'll, we'll finish up here today. Final wrap-up. You've, you've gone, in case anyone didn't catch that, those last two questions were actually put forth by Matt to ask specifically on the pod, and he kind of shied away from giving a full whack to Papa there, I reckon, just because he wasn't anticipating him being here. But uh, here's your last chance, mate. We've given everyone else the floor. Any final words that you want to have on any other league members? Uh, not really, mate. That was it. I, was, I just had it in my head that Papa was listening out to the podcast on a, a Sunday afternoon and, and caught an absolute rap from myself, but uh, logged in to see his face. So it kind of changed the way I answered the question a little bit, but no, nah, glad oh. to have him on. That's weak as piss, yeah, Dave. Right. Hey? That's uh, weak as piss. 
<laughs> All right, I've had to oh. just hit record oh, again. Right. This is an emergency sort emergency. of last minute fill in here. Uh, Thais, what were you just telling us? Why did your camera and microphone go off at one point there? I had to put my camera on mute because uh, I just threw up in the smoothie. <laughs> so hold on. So. So wait, you've just you've told all the listeners about how how good your routine is in the morning, including getting a smoothie, and then half an hour later he's thrown up in his smoothie. <laughs> I think it's because I'm just sitting down here listening to you blokes and that just one. giving me the spew in the breakfast smoothie. He must, add will, another, um... he must add another look at his fantasy team. <laughs> oh. I will just say that Keeney was very concerned the second he heard that you had a smoothie. I think his words were, that's risky. I, I think that's aged well. <laughs> that's aged extremely well. Oh, holy shit. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, don't take another sip of that. And there we have another week in the books. Uh, thanks to all the members from the Vonte Mac division from coming on this week. Uh, it was a fair effort, I must say, trying to get them on. Um Definitely going to go down as the least organized division out of the three, out of the four even. Wait, right, three or four? Three. There you go. I'm traveling smoothly this morning too. Um, thanks to Papa for filling in for one absent host. Um, thanks, boys. And... Thanks for having me. Uh, I guess I'll uh, step in here and say, half cast over and out. Jeez. <laughs> oh, He's even jumped the guns on the sign-off. <laughs> Uh, Katie, we'll jump around a bit here. Uh, your final thoughts, mate? Nah, final thoughts. Uh, just like to reiterate, lovely work from the giant Punisher himself, referring to the New York Giants. Uh, Papa, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks for uh, sticking around and throwing some shade at some other league members. And I'll tell you what, the um, Sonny Weaver Junior Division, take note. This is not how you prepare for a podcast on a Saturday evening. So to Jim, the DFF, and to Camo, just behave yourself next yeah. week, please. Be better. Thank you. Be better. Hey, Thanks. since in the absence of, of old Hoddick here, why don't all four of us who are still on the line, let's all finish together with a strong sign-off that he'd normally give on the count of three. One, two, three. Hoddcast. Greg Norman. Over and out. Over and out. On your sharky. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Fucking hell.